Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. The podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris. I'm one of the hosts. And this week, Alberto is out. He's kind of having to do the work thing. So we'll be missing him. Uh, he's getting on a plane, to be precise. Uh, so he he would have a very hard time staying connected to the to the podcast feed tonight. <laughs> but I am joined, as always, with uh, by Jim. How's it going, Jim? I'm just trying to figure out if there could be a... Um a variation on the mile high club for the keto man's club mm. that if we could get him up in the air kind of thing, but the mile <laughs> high club is a whole different definition than what our group ever gets into. So yes. probably just going to stay out of that. Now that I say <laughs> yeah. that, but probably. yeah, we'll leave it anyway. So life is good. How about you, sir? <laughs> it's pretty good. Keep him very busy. Um, it is, um, the season at work. And so, uh, we're prepping for uh, a busy period of life, uh, here in the next couple months at, um, the, the company named after a fruit. And, uh, <laughs> and so we will, uh, I, I will be working overtime and things like that and trying to keep up with all my podcasts and whatnot. So it's going to be, uh, an interesting, uh, little bit of time to, to stay focused and everything. Um, mm -hmm. I'm kind of a little bummed right now. Um, had a little discourse a little bit with the liquid folks today because uh -oh. I went to Amazon to try to, to, you know, re restock my case of 12. It's had, had run out and I went to, re and everything was sold out and I'm going, uh, uh oh, uh, hopefully that just means business is really good. And, right. you know, and all of that. Well, they said, yes, business is really good. And, uh, part of what's going on right now is they're doing some upgrades. So, uh, okay. look for, uh, look for liquid to come back with a vengeance very soon, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm missing my, my caffeine and BHB fix. I'm going to have to find something else. <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of gotten used to one of those daily to get me going in the morning. Um, <laughs> it is kind of a nice kickoff to the day. I, I, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. It's, uh, it just wakes the brain up and wakes the body up. And mm -hmm. uh, that's a good combo. It is. It that's absolutely is. Um, okay. Well, any news, um, in the, the keto world that you wanted to talk about this week, or I, I know that, you know, I, I've not noticed anything like crazy news reports or anything like that. Um, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people. It's not really keto so much as meat, but it's the, um, as we get into, I, I live in Southern Indiana, so we're starting to get into, uh, some of the fall temps. Um, and people are starting to think about being outside and cooking out again and or wrapping up cooking out before the uh, gets cold, snowy, all of that good stuff. And everybody's talking about the the different things that they like to grill out, um, steaks, brats, things like that. And it's just a reminder to me of how people who are following keto, if they ever feel stuck, there's so many different options out there. Mm -hmm. um, just beyond um, a hamburger or a steak, um, but really doctoring it up with kind of the whatever's in the fridge kind of thing. Um, one of our former guests, 
Uh, Joey put something up on Facebook in the Keto Man's Club about taking some cabbage and some mustard and some cheese and some ground beef and some spices and things and came up with something could, didn't really have a name for it. Um, but he said it was actually really good. So don't ever feel limited in what your choices are because there's always something available out there to mm-hmm. jump on and try. And a lot of this is trial and error. A lot of people have their things about, I want, um, I want meatloaf. I saw this in the group a while back and somebody asked if you could use uh, crushed pork, pork rinds as kind of like mm-hmm. a binding agent for meatloaf. And then guys started chiming, oh yeah, I'll do this, do this and yep. sugar-free ketchup or this instead of ketchup and all mm-hmm. kinds. I mean, it just, there, there's always a way to work through it and work around it. So um, I throw that out, not really as a news bit, but just a FYI. Sure. The group is a great resource. Our members are great resources that mm-hmm. if you're wanting to try something, somebody out there probably has found a way to do it. Yep. You're, you're absolutely right. My my wife, when she does, and this was even a pre-keto thing, but one of the things that she does instead of just basic ketchup on a meatloaf, um, and she does make a keto meatloaf without the pork pork rinds because she refuses to use pork rinds for breading or that type of thing. Um, uh-huh. But she'll, she'll make a meatloaf and, and uh, her, her tomato sauce, the base for it is actually sriracha. And so it makes Ooh. for, yeah, it, it makes for a nice little, uh, you know, spicy kick to it uh, without being uh, too, too overly one way or another. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a, a nice alternative and that isn't overly sweet. It doesn't have a lot of, you know, it's more chili than it is, is ketchup in that or tomato right. sauce. So um, mm-hmm. that's a good alternative if you like it a little bit spicy. So yeah, there's, uh, there's alternatives, there's way ways to tweak all of that. And that actually segues really nicely into our guest this week. Um, we have Steve, uh, Steve Barons. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. And he is uh, another podcaster, Tactical Kitchen. Is that accurate? That's what it is. Okay. So um, he knows a little bit about food, I have a feeling, um, but we are interested in his story as well as what he can bring to the table. Sorry, I'm very punny tonight. <laughs> <laughs> You've been planning this all week, Chris. No, no I have it. I have it. It all just kind of flows off the top of the head. <laughs> <laughs> You're serving it up, man. Yeah. Um, so, so. <laughs> oh, it's too good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Steve, go ahead and let's let's start out with who you are, kind of where you where where you come from, where you live now. Bring us up to kind of you know maybe where you uh, found keto and kind of if you want to dive right on in, you can. But just kind of get us started. Okay. Well, uh, originally I'm uh, from Fort Worth, Texas, which is uh, you know the, the heartland of Texas is like what I like to call it. <laughs> Um, you know, that's where I, where I grew up and yeah. I, I was here up until I joined the military back in, uh, you know, 1990 ish. I joined the air force and, uh, throughout my air force career, I was in uh, a career field called combat control, which is a, a special operations career field. So, uh, you know, a great job. I was very lucky. You know, I grew up watching Rambo and, and commando and all those crazy, uh, movies. And, and, uh, I got to do all that in the military. You know, you jump out of airplanes, you scuba dive, you blow stuff up. Uh, you know, that's your job. So that's Mm -hmm. your day to day, which for me was, it was, a it was better than having a job. So I was really lucky in that aspect of, you know, finding a job that was great. Um, and you know, I did that for 21 years and then when, uh, I retired, I was, uh, in Florida and for about three years, I just did contracting. I I hung out there and that's when, you know, I was about, uh, retired at 41 
So that's uh, all you guys out there know. That's about when your your health issues start to creep up on you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for years being in the military, especially in the job I was in, we were always in really good physical shape. And you know, talk about Type A guys. Everybody was always racing everybody out, tr- out trying to outlift everyone. You know, be bigger, stronger, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, you're always competitive. And I did triathlons for years, uh, not full Ironmans, but I just did the Olympic or sprint distance triathlons for fun. And so I was always used to being in really good shape. But after I retired and uh, you know, kind of slowed down a little bit, that's when the uh, the, the the middle starts to creep up on you. You guys know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And that's kind of when um, we started dabbling or started really looking into diet and how it, you know, how it affects us. Because uh, I had a couple of health issues, and uh, also had to add that you know that's that's uh, about the same time where uh, you know I, I got onto my second marriage or my my perfect marriage, is what I like to call it. Um, you know, reconnected with a, a high school sweetheart, and we got you know married. So we're both on second marriages, and you know we were living the good life. And she is a uh, classically trained chef. So she's, you know, trained, went to school and she can cook anything that you can think of. So, uh, if you can imagine, you know, two, two people getting together, you kind of get into that, uh, you know, food is fun and food is happiness kind of gig. And so started putting on the weight and trying to work it off. Didn't really work. And then I started having health issues. Uh, I had a, um, I had a, a disc, my uh, C5 burst on me Ooh. and caused a lot of, was causing a lot of nerve damage. So um, I went through a period where uh, probably a two months where I couldn't lay down. I can only stand. Uh, up. How'd you sleep? I, I did. I basically didn't. I was a, I was a complete zombie. Um, I took a bunch of drugs. Um, I leaned up against the wall a lot. I mm-hmm. would, uh, I could sit down and, and like slump over in a chair forward, but I couldn't lay back. Hmm. So, uh, oh this my month, gosh. yeah, it was, and you know, up until that point, I'd never experienced nerve pain and I never really understood it when people talked about it. Um, and after that, I really understood it because I could take, um, you know, oxycodone, mm-hmm. I could take three of those and mm-hmm. it would knock me out for a couple hours, but I would come back after that. And then I, yeah, I would just be awake again and wasn't a whole lot you could do about it. And then I'd go to work during the day and I'd work all day and come home and just kind of, I would just zombie around the house all night. It was a weird space. Yeah. Um, and and my wife Melody, who's who's very smart, very intelligent, she uh, started researching, uh, you know, anti-inflammatory diets. So this is where we really started kind of getting on the hey, h- how do we uh, decrease inflammation in the body without having to take all these external uh, pharmaceuticals? Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, the, another piece of the puzzle for us was I had a son who, or I had, I do have a son. He's still here. Um, who we were homeschooling because he was, he was diagnosed as on the autism spectrum and he was non-functional in school. He could not participate in a classroom because he, he had a a sensory processing disorder. He could not absorb all the information going on. It was too Mm -hmm. much for him. So we were dealing with that kind of at the same time that I was dealing with my spinal surgery. So, uh, you know, she was homeschooling him because he had basically zeros in every class and he was in the fifth grade. And, um, he just couldn't function. I had to go to school basically every day to pull him out because he was um, non-responsive to any teachers. So, um, you know, we got him looked at and they said, hey, he's he's on the autism spectrum. Uh, he's, you know, they threw the, around the word Asperger's. He's got all these things. We want to we want to medicate him. And uh, we were like, absolutely not. A hundred percent. No, we're not. We're, I'm not drugging my kid. So uh, 
also started doing all the research on what do you do with food and the brain and how, how do you, how can you fix that? What do you do? And so we started removing the gluten and uh, the sugar from his diet and started seeing dramatic behavioral changes within him. So this is all around 2014. Well, 2015, we moved from Florida uh, back to our hometown, Texas, which was a great move. I bought an old uh, you know, two-bedroom house right next door to my dad. Uh, we bought it sight unseen. It was a total wreck. And we've been conducting renovations for the past four years on it. So it's a, it's a nonstop project. It's great. So, uh, you know, and that's about when we went, uh, we got into kind of accidentally got into being keto. So when we moved, uh, you know, Melody just did not, she didn't buy any more grains. So we just kind of ran out and, uh, I didn't have a job and I was just teaching shooting courses and going, doing, uh, like business days and teaching people how to manipulate guns and small unit tactic stuff. And, just fun stuff. And I, I lost like 20 pounds and I didn't even know what happened. I wasn't working out because I still wasn't back in a real good physical shape. So that's when we started getting into keto. And that was, you know, four years ago uh, that we really got heavy into it. Um, and we just saw great results, not only with us as far as, uh, you know, uh, mood, energy, weight control, but also with, our, you know, my son who uh, all of a sudden he's, he's just bright, vibrant, intellectual child that uh, I used to not be able to even have a conversation with because he wouldn't look me in the eyes. He had to look off in the corners uh, because any confrontation sent him into a tailspin. Now he's this kid that you can't get to stop talking. <laughs> I love it. So just seeing those things, uh, you know, when we started, the, you know, doing the ketogenic diet uh, made us complete believers. Um, and, you know, we continued our journey. You know, I became a personal trainer. Uh, my wife became, she's an, a nutritional therapy practitioner now through the NTP program. Nice. So uh, that's pretty much made that our lifestyle is we, we love to talk to, uh, you know, and help people uh, find their health. And we're not, we, we try not to be, uh, sometimes I get a little abrasive because that's just who I am, um, you know, because I believe in what I'm doing. I've seen the results. When you've seen a child uh, change, um, you know, when you've, when you've dealt with people that had, um, uh, uh, Alzheimer's and you've, and you've helped them and, and you've seen improvement and change, you start to believe in what you're doing. And when people tell you that, uh, all that's just, you know, it doesn't work or that's a placebo effect or, or, you know, that it, you can't do that long-term, you hear all these things and you're like, Hey, I've been doing this for over four years. Uh, you can't tell me I can't do this long-term. Mm -hmm. so, Steve, I want to, I want to ask real quick. Um, when you talked about your evolution and everything, for those who don't know you, give us some numbers like your height, what your weight was, wherever you got up to, just so people can kind of get a point of reference of your physical size. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, standard size for me, uh, I'm, I'm five nine, so not, I'm not not a tall guy. And when I was, uh, you know, doing triathlons, probably up until forty, I was about one sixty five. That was my that was my weight because I was always running, swimming, biking. I was uh, constant activity. In yeah. in uh, in my job, you couldn't be overweight because <laughs> the peer pressure that you would get and the the ribbing you would get was just overwhelming for anybody that was overweight. So, um, and nobody wants to be that because when uh, you know when I was thirty eight, I was uh, in Afghanistan walking through mountains at ten thousand feet chasing bad guys. You can't be out of shape. It's not possible. Yeah. So. So there's a lot of pressure to stay in shape. So I was always around the 5'9", 165, 170. Um, and then towards the, you know, towards the 40, 41 years when, when I got out, um, and then I started kind of noticing that uh, I had to work out harder to maintain the weight. 
Um, and then after I had my spinal surgery, I was down for probably a solid eight months. I was inactive. I just couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I, you know, you, you can't pick up anything over 20 pounds and uh, you can't do all this stuff. So I got up to about 200 pounds. And uh, that was when I'm like, hey, these pants don't fit anymore. Um, you know, I've all I've always worn this size pants, and now I can't I can't get into any of my pants. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't I don't know a lot of guys are like, hey, 200 pounds that, that that's nothing. I know you know I've I've seen Gourmet's story, and uh, you know he was he was up there. Um, but when you come from uh, your background, is I've always been in shape. I've always been able to do this. You know, just putting on that extra 30 35 pounds was a really big deal. Right. Right. Wow. So, uh, you know, being able to, to kind of get that off and it's been a journey just like everyone else. It's not like, um, you know, just all of a sudden I changed something and, and I dropped 30 pounds, you know, just like everyone else I hear on the thing, they drop, you know, 10 pounds and then they stall. And then, uh, you know, you try, you try something else and then you, you break a plateau and I, I still have health issues. I have a, uh, my, my left knee is what I call a piece of crap. Um, I've, I've been dealing with it for the past decade. I went to an orthopedic surgeon, you know, 10 years ago and they told me to stop running. Um, I have zero cartilage in that knee. I've had an ACL replacement. So I deal with a lot of, uh, I've dealt with a lot of pain. And, and in about 2015, it was at the point where I couldn't walk around Target or Walmart without having to stop and gather myself because it hurts so bad. So, you know, you know, ibuprofen and Aleve become that that's an everyday vitamin. You take it every single day just to get through the day. And and what we found uh, with keto was all of a sudden, you know, your knee was it's not it's not locked. It's mobile. It doesn't hurt. There's no arthritis. And you're like, wow, this is this is absolutely crazy that I'm not taking anything for pain anymore. But now I can run six miles again and I don't have any issues. Incredible. Well, and it, it is extremely incredible. And, you know, we, again, we did four years of keto and then about 20 months ago, uh, we, we decided to do a carnivore experiment because we're, we're big into the low carb, um, community and we've been to, uh, all but one of the low carb USA, uh, conferences that go on out in San Diego and down in West Palm beach. And we've been to KetoCon, So we love going to all of those. So, uh, you know, we, we started hearing about the carnivore diet about two years ago. We started hearing about people trying the carnivore mm-hmm. diet and, uh, and I'm one of those guys, how I grew up, I never liked fruits and vegetables. You know, my <laughs> parents forced me to eat them at the table. Um, you know, if it wasn't a pork chop or a hot dog or a hamburger, I didn't want it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's what I mostly ate. And looking back on my childhood, a lot of times I would not eat dinner because I didn't like the food. So I did a lot of forced intermittent fasting without even knowing what it was. <laughs> And, and I'm like, I never had a cavity in my life. I've never had a cavity. And, and it's, people always ask me that. They're like, you've never had a cavity. I'm like, no, when I was a kid, I just wanted to eat meat. I didn't want fruits and vegetables. So when I started hearing about this carnivore diet, I'm like, you know what? I I don't like vegetables anyway. So let's go ahead and do a 30 day experiment just to see what happens. Uh, and that 30 days has now turned into 20 months. Mm. And oh my gosh. We've just kept going because um, we keep seeing uh, really good health results. Mm-hmm. Is and, your son uh, following that too? He is following a. Uh, he kind of is, but you know, he goes. To, he takes his lunch to school, so in his lunch, he'll have he'll have things like an RX bar or a Laura bar, um, 
he has uh he 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 when he packs his lunch he uses like some turkey or some some ham meat wrapped in cheese and that's his lunch uh-huh. so and then for for dinner he doesn't like steak which is kind of weird to me because i eat a lot of steak um he prefers just hamburger so we just make him you know mostly he gets uh you know hamburger meat or you know he likes barbecue so you know brisket and other meats like that but for mm-hmm. breakfast you know he just eats uh eggs and sausage so he's on a probably I would say a seventy five to eighty percent carnivore diet. Not bad, honestly. Not that, that if you factor in the fat of those particular elements, the ground beef and things like that, he's getting at least you know like a one to one ratio of fat to protein, probably. Oh yeah, he he. Uh, we make sure he gets you know he's getting in the fat because he's you know he's sixteen, he goes to school, he plays soccer, so he needs uh, you know he needs to as much as he can and. And, you know, we don't limit him on food. He eats, uh, we keep apples. So if he wants an apple, he can have an apple. We're not going to deny him any fruit. Well, and when you're younger and you don't have metabolic derangement, like I did at 35, whenever I was at my heaviest, I'm, you know, that's okay. That his system is probably flexible enough. It can have an apple. He might not even eat the whole thing like the Vega kids don't. Uh, they just want a bite or two and then they're done. And so like an apple is not going to, you know, be a crazy thing. He's going to bounce right back from that. He he does. You know, it doesn't bother him at all. What what When he does have problems is when he goes to see his other family and he's gone for a week or two. Mm-hmm. And they totally think what we do is is just, uh, you know it's, it's comical to them that they, that we eat the way we do. So they don't, they don't uh, follow that. So he'll eat pizza and macaroni and cheese and they'll buy milkshakes. And, you know, he, he basically goes off the rails. Mm. And when he comes back, we call it the adjustment period. There's about three days where he's very emotional. He's very confrontational. He cries a lot. I mean, it's just, it's totally weird. He's a completely different person when he comes back from those vacations. Yeah. Wow. That's unfortunate because it, you've obviously seen how this has impacted him and the success with it. So others not following that, that's a shame that they're missing out on that. Well, you know, they listen to the, the, the standard advice from, from doctors and dietitians, and, and I get it because, you know, those are supposed to be authorities in this mm-hmm. arena. They're supposed to, what they tell you is supposed to work, but, but I'll tell you that, you know, uh, both my kids had autistic behaviors, both of them. Um, my, my oldest daughter had scoliosis, you know, curvature of the spine, which th- that's a nutritional deficiency. If anybody doesn't know that, you know, the reason your, your spine curves is because your body is stealing nutrients from your spine and that's why it gets soft and it curves. Mm. So, um, both my kids had issues and I take responsibility for that because I fed them their food. What was on the table is what I gave them. And I took a lot of doctor's advice. And uh, one of the, like the biggest mistake ever was giving my kids apple juice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, that was straight from the doctor. Give your, give your apple juice. Yeah. Just give them apple juice. It's good for them. And you know, when, once you get educated, you look at apple juice and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is nothing but sugar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Sugar, sugar, and sugar are probably the top three items in the, in the, mm-hmm. you know, in the ingredient list. It, it absolutely is. And, you know, and you know, and you feed them, you know, uh, you know, being in the military and we were a dual military family at that. So we were very busy, uh, back in the day, you know, you, you, you don't get up, uh, you know, you get up early five in the morning and you shovel cereal at your kids. So, Hey, here's some, here's some healthy Kashi Goline cereal, eat this. And, 
turns out it's not that healthy. Mm-mm. No, I ate that for a while trying to to do more whole foods and all that type of stuff. Whenever I was realizing I needed to do something, I was doing that and I was drinking the, the, the fruit juice type, uh, or the, 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 the juicing, like super fruit that they had the, the, the green juice, you know, that has all the veggies and everything trying to do right. good. And I look back at that, knowing what I know now, two and a half years later, and I look back at that and I go, sugar. <laughs> a lot of sugar. No wonder I loved it. Yeah, yeah. No wonder it tasted great, and I wanted more of it. Full of sugar. <laughs> um, but yeah, it didn't do me any favors. Um, not at all. No, it, it doesn't. And I look back at when I did triathlons. I I, I carb loaded all the time. I thought if I didn't have enough carbs, I was I was never going to make it. But when I did do anything long, say I did a thirty or you know forty mile bike ride. I, I had to carry at least, you know, three or four uh, refuel packets of goo mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, some type of uh, sugary drink I had I had in my water bottle because if I didn't, if I didn't refuel every 45 minutes, I would crash. Oh, I bet. And now I look at that and, you know, we, we've, we've started doing this. Uh, we, we're always experimenting with something different. So right now we're doing where we only eat our food in a four-hour window during the day. So, um, we'll eat from 11 to 1400 ish, you mm-hmm. know, we'll, we'll, we'll fit all of our food in that window. So we're eating the same amount of food we ate before, but we only do it in that four hours. Yeah. So we'll finish eating it around one thirty or two, and then we won't eat again until the next eating period. And that next morning from nine to 10, you know, you're about, uh, 18 to 20 hours fasted. Mm-hmm. And that is, I found is by far the best time to work out. Yep. Yep. So I'm curious. I want to ask one more thing about your son before we get back on your story here. We had a guest on a week or so back, um, Tony, whose mother was dealing with dementia and she had a weight problem and whatnot. And he referenced in his discussion on the podcast about um, his research in Facebook groups and different things like that and started, you know, finding uh, people who were doing similar things with their. Uh, elderly parents, you know, that this idea of being on bed rest and just eat whatever they want, well, it wasn't helping them with their dementia, let alone their physical size as well. Did you find any other families, any other people who were doing similar things with their kids and finding similar success at all? No. And, and I was kicked out of multiple groups for posing the, <laughs> even posing that I, that I could help them with their child by changing their diet. Really? Yes. Wow. I've um, heard of similar for diabetic groups that, that uh, former diabetics that were hardcore diabetics, they had major issues and they've totally changed their lives around. They go into the diabetic groups and they try to make a difference and they get either kicked out or they get laughed out because they, or, or they just leave out in a storm because I'm telling them the truth then they won't listen. You know, they always leave basically. And that's what you have to do because you, you, you do, you share that with one person, you put it on one post and, and you get people coming out of the woodwork to tell you that you're going to kill people and that you're crazy and you're listening to garbage science and, and that's not, you know, human die. I just, and you, you can't do that. It's all in the brain. And, you know, now what, what everyone is discovering now, like most of the articles I see that come out are talking about, you know, how to fix the gut to fix the brain. And, and we've been saying that for years. Mm-hmm. And so now they have all this research that shows that everything that happens in your brain happens in the gut first. Yep. And that completely explains 
the autistic behaviors, especially my son, because I started doing research, uh, you know, and hearing and hearing all this research about you know the, the microbiome and what crushes it and what what makes it thrive. And I, I start listening to other people talking about uh, you know uh, the antibiotics that he used for pneumonia. And when he was five years old, he almost died from pneumonia, and he went through multiple rounds of very strong antibiotics. And that is when all the behavioral issues started to appear. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so if you start if you start going down the rabbit hole, and you're like, oh, so what happened was is he was sick. Okay, so he probably had a weak immune system from poor diet, and then uh, he gets sick. They crush his gut with antibiotics. And now he's even more deprived of nutrients because, you know, you're, you're, you have no way to absorb proper nutrients. So this is where all the behavioral issues start happening in school and uh, at home where he won't listen and he screams a lot and has all these outbursts. So I start, you know, tracking it all back that, you know, that's exactly what it was. We destroyed his microbiome and now his brain could not function correctly, not in school, not at home, not at Mm -hmm. all. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. wow. It, 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 it's amazing. And again, you know, everybody knows hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, we can, mm-hmm. we can go back all day long and figure out, uh, you know, what decisions we made that were incorrect and how they were. But we have to take responsibility. I have to take responsibility for the fact that I didn't provide proper nutrition for my kids uh, when they were growing up. And that's not um, completely my fault because I was following basic protocol from what doctors gave me. And uh, the problem with most people who have autistic children is when you start telling them that the reason their child is that way is because of the food you're feeding them, that places the responsibility on them. And that's a a huge burden to bear. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, uh, putting your hands around that idea that it is a nutritional thing and not something else is probably foreign to a lot of people. But clearly, with your family's experience, You've you've found a a path that others need to follow or at least consider um, to see that change in their kids. Uh, You know, and that's one of those things is once you've seen the change, you want to share it with everybody. And you think you've got this great message that everybody is going to openly receive and they're going to be like, oh, that's great. Oh, my gosh, let's do this. And it's it's almost completely the opposite. Mm -hmm. They tell you that you're lying, that your, your your child wasn't really autistic. Um, I get the same things in the um, anxiety, uh, depression, and PTSD, you know, forums because I had PTSD. You know, I did I did twenty years in uh, one of the most difficult career fields in the military that they have to offer, and you know, I've been in situations where um, you know a lot of people get killed, and some of they're not always bad guys. Sometimes the good guys get killed, mm-hmm. and you have to deal with that. And that causes, um, you know, the post-traumatic stress that you don't even you don't even realize you have until after everything's over. And you know, you know, right when I retired, I had uh, issues, and I didn't have extreme PTSD. Like I wasn't, um, you know, I didn't have uh, issues where I, I had outbursts. I had small things like I would I would lose control of my anger in traffic, like you know, just uncontrollably, I would want to hurt the person in front of me for absolutely you know no reason. Um, I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would feel like that somebody was in my house and I had to get out of bed. I had to get my gun and I had to clear the house inside and outside or I would I could not go back to sleep. And those aren't huge issues, but those are signs of of post-traumatic stress. And you have to recognize that. And those have completely went away 
once we went to keto. Oh my That's words. Wow. So, and, and, and post-traumatic stress is not exclusive to just people in the military. It's, you know, first responders, um, it's, you know, it's nurses, it's anybody that's, that's driving down the highway that gets in a car wreck, you know, afterwards, they're going to have some post-traumatic stress. So it, it happens to everybody. So I don't make it sound like it, it's exclusively to anybody in the military. It's not, mm-hmm. it's, it happened to, you know, factory workers. It's mm-hmm. something that if you're at a factory and somebody gets their hand cut off on a machine, that's, you're going to have some post-traumatic stress from that. Yeah. In my very, very small way. I came away from my last job at a call center always feeling like I was going to end up losing my job for some random reason because I wouldn't meet a stat or I wouldn't sell enough X, Y, or Z or that type of thing. And whenever I got into my current position with my current company, I'm going, wait, I don't have to fear for my job. And it was completely subconscious. It was completely subconscious until I was in a situation where I no longer felt it. Now, I don't have that, you know, thing that you have where I have to clear the house or anything, but I, or had, uh, because you've, you've kind of resolved that luckily. Uh, but it, it, you know, I still, I realize that there was this thing, there's this stress that I totally didn't know I was feeling. And so we can have it on average. They say that call centers other than military are probably one of the most stressful jobs. And I absolutely believe it. I, I do too. That's a, that is a very stressful job. And, 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 and that's the point is like, there's, there's other stress besides just, you know, being, being in the military or being a police officer. Those are, those are taken stressful jobs, but people underestimate the level of stress that someone that worked at the call center has. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you start talking about, you have uh anxiety and depression and you work at a call center, well, that's an environmental stress that you have to deal with. And humans are supposed to be able to deal with stressors like that. We are, we are built for tragedy. That's, that's just the way it is. Yeah. And so when normal people can't deal with, they have anxiety for, for almost no reason sometimes, or they have problems dealing with confrontation or they just feel depressed. There is a nutritional deficiency most likely with what's going on because Humans, for all of it, you know, attorney that we've been here, we've had stressful lives. I mean, nobody gets out alive. We're all not going to make it, um, you know. And when we lived in a cave and we were always be hunted, being hunted by other animals, that was stressful. Mm-hmm. So we're set up to deal with that because if we weren't set up to deal with that, we wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it, that's an interesting. That saying it that way is not, it's not something I've ever, you know, heard it said, but it totally makes sense in, in comparing the two. I, I, I agree. We should have a healthy fight or flight because we were developed to have such a thing. And so if it's not working right, the fight is perking up too often, then we need to find out why that's out of balance. And I I agree. I think a lot of it comes down to nutrition. The brain is only as healthy as the the rest of the body. And and uh, you know I'm not saying that that people shouldn't be they should not have anxiety or you know they sure. they're, they're not going to get depressed. That's all going to happen. The point is is that we're supposed to bounce back from it. Mm-hmm. We're very resilient. Humans are. We're super resilient. Um, you know your body wants to keep going. Your brain wants to function. Um, it's very difficult to die. Like your body does not want to shut down. It always wants to keep going. So we're a very resilient. 
So the fact that anxiety and depression is running rampant in our society now is it, it makes you question uh, what's going on. And, and I'm, I trace it back to diet. It's nutrient deficiency. Mm-hmm. Well, it's certainly uh, something you've proven to be true, at least for you. Mm-hmm. I would like to know about your wife's story a little bit. Um, I know it's the Keto Man's Club podcast, but um, you know, you and your wife co-host a podcast, and you said she's a chef, certified nutritionist, and whatnot. So, kind of tell us a little bit more about her and her uh, journey with this way of eating. So, she has a, a lot of great stuff to say about it, and 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 again, we're we have a podcast called the Tactical Kitchen Show. And we have a website called the Tactical Kitchen. And what the reason we came up with that name was we were kind of you know rolling around. Hey, let's let's start a health coaching website. What are we going to call it? Um, you know, my background is in the military. Her, her background was as, as a chef. So you know, we just wanted to combine the tactics, being tactical with what you how you operate, what you eat, and what you do, and combine that and just take it into the kitchen because you should be purposeful and tactful in the kitchen. So that's how we came up with the name for the the show. Um, her background, like I said, she's mm-hmm. trained. She went to culinary school. Um, she's basically tried every diet out there on the planet, and can can and can talk you through it. Um, she knows more about food than I know about anything. So, um, so I'm very lucky in that aspect that I found someone that is able to, uh, you know, pretty much tell you anything you want to know about whatever food it is. I, I, I play stump the chump all the time and be like, well, what is this food? And she'll be like, Oh my God, that's this food from this plant. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like how do you know that? <laughs> so I, I just, I'm just very lucky in that. And, and she saw a lot of the same things that I saw when we started, you know, gradually going into this ketogenic way of living is, uh, you know, you start to lose weight and you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm slimming down, but it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything. Um, the, your energy and mood just it increases. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that, that she talks about all the time, you know, with, with her clients is that, um, uh, for a female, your menstrual cycle becomes very easy. Uh, and she talks about how, you know, she, ever since high school, she suffered from, uh, really difficult cramps and, and, you know, w- when you're cramping all the time and, and guys get cramps too, just not as, as much as women do, mm-hmm. um, it makes it very difficult to be a, a good person all the time. So she talks about how, you know, that she doesn't um, have difficulty with her cycle anymore. It just kind of comes and shows up and then it goes away and she's like, oh, well, that wasn't a big deal. So, you know, mm-hmm. talking, to, talking to women about them and okay, so this is the Keto Man's podcast, but hey, if you want your, your wife to be uh, you know, easy to get along with and, and, and happy all the time. Hey, throw the keto out. Happy wife, happy life. Um, It is, you know, and since we're talking about the happy wife, you know, happy life, I'm going to throw this out because, uh, we talk about this all the time, um, about what we should tell people to get them to go keto. And I'm going to throw out sex life, man. Mm. Um, if you want, if you want the junk to work, like it worked when you were 18, keto and carnivore is the way to go. Because I feel like, uh, you know, when you talk about how good you feel, uh, no, people don't mm-hmm. often talk about how good they feel in the bedroom mm-hmm. and how good stuff works. Because I suffered from what, what I considered uh, low libido and um, a malfunction of, of the junk. Uh, probably when I was – before we went keto, about 43, 44, uh, it started happening where, you know, when you're, when you're getting busy in the bedroom and everything's good to go when – when the, when the end comes, there's no explosion. There's no fireworks. There's like a, a fizzle or a pop. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, this is BS, man. What the hell's going on? 
you know, this is, this is not what it used to be. And you start to convince yourself that, oh, hey, that, that's just the way it is. I'm 44. Everybody talks about how your testosterone goes down and you have low libido and, and you know, your sex life is just not the same. Man, I'm here to tell you, um, after, you know, going keto and then even the next step when we went carnivore, uh, man, it, it is, it is um, <laughs> if you remember when you were a teenager and you woke up with erections that were painful and you're like, is this ever going to go away? That's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I've experienced similar with, with, with my, my journey. And, and I'm also, I, I was certifiably low T before all of that. And now I'm in much, much better shape with all of that. And so I can attest to that sex has been much, much better since. And, um, that's, that's a very good plus that's for sure. Uh, it's one of the best benefits that I can give to somebody like, yeah. Hey, Hey, why should I try this? I'm like, well, does, does your manhood work? Because <laughs> if you want it to work good, I'm telling you, you should try this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. We've been going for a little while here and, and we don't want to take up all your night. Um, let's chat for a bit about, um, about you, you mentioned your, your, your coaching business and some of this stuff. Let's talk maybe about some of the success stories, um, maybe a little more in detail about the things that you are able to do with your clients and uh, what they offer. You've already mentioned the website, tactical, tacticalkitchen.com, which is good. Um, but what, what other, you know, what, what stories can you share, um, regarding that, that would be encouragement? Because the truth is some guys really like that idea of, Oh, I've got to do it alone. And sometimes we really need to coach. So talk, talk to us about that. And that's a great point because originally when we, when we thought about kind of getting into the health coaching business, I, I just, I was, I was uh, skeptical, uh, skeptical. Cause I was like this, why do people need a coach? It's just tell them to eat this food. It's not mm -hmm. that hard. Mm -hmm. um, and as we started doing it and then we started taking on clients, um, it became very apparent of why people needed a coach because there's a lot of confusion out there. Um, and, you know, we've, uh, we've had a, a lot of clients, again, most people come to this for weight loss. They're like, hey, I want to lose some weight. And then we, when you start peeling back the onion, if it's a guy, he's like, oh, you know, I've got low T. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, wow, okay, low T. Oh, yo, and, and I take I take Xanax every night before I go to bed. Oh, well, um, that could be why. <laughs> yeah. So, or, you know, or I have, I'm taking high blood pressure medi medication. Um, so many things that, that guys mm -hmm. are taking and you start peeling back at the onion, you're like, hey, you know, um, you're not healthy because you're taking all this medication, especially people that, you know, take statins. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what we do is we, we, again, we're, we're health coaches, we're not doctors. So we recommend that everything we do, you need to talk to your doctor. And if you're on a medication, uh, you need to, you know, ask him if you can come off and then you just you start walking down this, uh, this keto or carnivore path, whatever, whichever one you choose. And, you know, we just slowly started them down that path and we want to go, um, you know, we're, we're guys, most guys are like, you tell me to do this. I just go do it. Um, the problem is that sometimes we do it too hard. Um, and there's, you know, repercussions. And, and you, if you guys have been down this, this path, you know, that, uh, when you first change, there's, there's bowel issues. All right. Mm -hmm. Your bowels are going to change. So, so you're going to have diarrhea, um, dealing with rashes. A lot of people get these weird rashes when they go keto and they think that keto is causing the rash when actually, actually it's a detoxification from all the oxalates. Mm -hmm. And, you know, toxins that you've taken in. Mm -hmm. 
So um, having a coach to, to be there to tell you that, oh, no, that's not the keto. That's not keto rash. That, that's a detoxification rash, mm-hmm. and it's going to go away. Yeah. Um, you know, having uh, people have issues with uh, their, you know, whether or not they have a gallbladder or they have now they get pancreatitis and they'll start blaming their pancreatitis because they went keto. Um, when it, it's just that you're making your pancreas work, you're making it do something after being low fat for 25 years. And now you're eating fat, your pancreas has to work and it's sluggish. So you need to encourage it to work by taking these digestive, you know, bitters or enzymes and getting, getting it to function again. Um, those are the reasons that people need a coach. And even, uh, you know, I've had people's doctors contact me and say, why are you telling my patient to go keto and they're, it's causing their pancreatitis? I'm like, and right. it's almost baffles me that this is a doctor <laughs> asking me these questions and you can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's the reason uh, we found that people need, need coaches. And, and it's also because it's someone to lean on. Like you don't feel all the pressure. I was lucky. My wife is a genius when it comes to food. Um, so I'm, I'm so lucky. Uh, I'm, I can't even tell you guys how, how easy it is for me, uh, to have a wife that totally buys into, um, she drives it. She drives the diet. She's like, Hey, you want to do carnivore? I'm like, yeah, I want to do carnivore. Who doesn't want to do that? <laughs> so, and, and, you know, and she takes me down that road. It's so I'm not fighting with her to get there, which for me is just awesome. But, you know, being a, a nutritional therapy practitioner, she focuses on people from, from what food they eat to, you know, how they digest it. Mm-hmm. Do they absorb it? What happens in their intestines all the way, you know, out the, the last end, because, you know, digestion starts in the mouth and, and it ends when it goes out the back end. Right. Yeah. So, and you always start when you, when you talk about any of these issues, people that have irritable bowel syndrome or they have, uh, you know, diverticulitis or, or ulcerative colitis, you start at the top, mm-hmm. you start in the mouth and down into the stomach. And that's where you start figuring things out. Yep. Yep. That's really cool. And, and the NTP program that she finished, um, I know Jimmy Moore's wife, um, has done it and quite a few others are in the keto space have started to get into that. Um, and it's been, it's an accreditation that for them is very powerful. It gives them something, you know, a name, you know, something to put behind their name that, that means something. And it really does mean something. The science that, you know, the little bit of science that I've, you know, picked up that they've talked about, I'm going, wow, they're not kidding around. This stuff is in depth and it's systemic. Like this is how the body works type stuff. And so it's really cool to see more and more resources of that nature uh, available. It's a very intensive course. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I was lucky because she's taking the course and I kind of get to go along with mm-hmm. it. Um, the, you know, the only thing I couldn't do is they have, they have a little conferences that they go to and mm-hmm. they learn, uh, you know, how to touch the body and mm-hmm. fill in places to, to detect if you're having issues, like whether or not you're having problems with your liver or your adrenal glands mm-hmm. or your gallbladder. So they, they learn to push and you know, do palpitations on the body mm-hmm. and, and, and use that as a, you know, a treatment. Mm-hmm. Steve, I'm kind of curious about that. Not so much the, the touching part, but have, have you found or maybe even more so your wife, does everybody respond the same to keto? Cause that's one of the questions that I've seen more than once in our group of where guys, again, we're, we're taking it at face value, but they're, they're saying that they're doing it right and they're not seeing the results. And we're not talking the, 
I've done it for 48 hours. I should have lost 20 pounds by now. But they're two, three weeks in, and they don't really feel like they're getting it. Have, have you guys seen in your clients, in your other interactions, whatnot, where, I mean, keto is, if you follow it, it works kind of thing? Or have you see, ever seen an instance of where it hasn't come through? Most of the time when we find that we, uh, we're dealing with a client and they say it's not working, it's because there's, there's something they haven't told us. It's either a medication that they've held back that they didn't tell us about, mm-hmm. or they're, they're ingesting something that they, that they, uh, that they associate as, as a non-factor, but it is a factor. So they don't report it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's mostly what happens is because we'll, we'll, you know, we'll be uh, coaching someone and, and they'll have an issue and it's not resolving, or they'll be trying to lose weight and they're just not getting there. And just, we'll be, we'll be talking to them and talking to them. And all of a sudden they'll go, Oh, hey, um, I'm doing this, and you're like, crap. That was that. That's it right there. That's the mm-hmm. that's the thing. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that's with with everybody. And and definitely, I'm not like a like most doctors who believe their their patients are just lying to them. That's why you're not losing weight. You're lying to me. Um, you know, we think that some people just they just don't uh, they don't think to talk about everything that they do, everything that they drink. Um, uh, like for me. Uh, you know, one of the big things for me to take out was dairy and I didn't realize it was dairy, um, until I eliminated it 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, you know, we were lucky. We lived not too far from a, um, a dairy that had organic, you know, milk, mm-hmm. raw organic milk. And it was delicious. We loved having it. Um, and then it, you know, it ran out. So we didn't, we didn't have it. And, and while I was drinking it, I was having some knee problems. I'd have a stiff knee. It was kind of sore. Um, when we started drinking more dairy and, um, so I was like, man, you know, once the dairy went away, my knee got better. And then I started having knee problems again. And what it turned out was it was just all the dairy I was having was I had some heavy cream in a cup of coffee, just one cup of coffee. And I was eating, um, a dessert. So Melody would make a dessert. She takes heavy whipping cream, whips it up, puts some cacao in there to kind of flavor it. And then, um, you know, you can sprinkle a little bit of nuts on if you want, or you can just eat it like ice cream. And it was delicious. And we do that maybe once or twice a week. But it wasn't until I eliminated the heavy cream, the heavy whipping cream, and any cheese that I seen, I saw huge results in my joint pain, and I started losing weight again. So, yeah. you know, now, now I'm down at that lean 175, and I can work out diligently. Yeah, that's awesome. That's um, and and, and it, that's probably not the only thing that you see that that does this. That that's probably just one one factor. What are some of uh, if you had like two or three different items to list as like items to avoid? What would you suggest? Uh, a lot of times you have to look at if you're having a stall or an issue, you need to look at artificial sweeteners. Mm-hmm. Like how much of the artificial sweeteners are you taking in? Um, you got to take a hard look at dairy. And that includes cheese and heavy cream, uh, things that you don't you don't really think are that much. You got to take a hard look at them, um, and um, also you have to take a look at certain vegetables because people will, will overeat the wrong kind of vegetables. They'll, they'll go keto and they'll you know they'll eat some meat with a little bit of fat on it, but they will they will overdose on vegetables. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a firm believer that you should that people shouldn't eat spinach. Like I don't think spinach is worth a crap, um, because spinach has a lot of oxalates in it. Mm-hmm. 
So there can be people, if they're very sensitive to, to anything that has an oxalate in it, they can be having they can be having joint pain. It can be causing rashes. All these things that can happen and and people will contribute that to the to the keto diet, but they won't think about it being the spinach mm-hmm. or the, the Brussels sprouts or the asparagus okay. or the broccoli. Yeah. That makes sense. I uh we we don't we don't do a ton of those things, but those are all things that we do. Um, but my my wife is pretty good about keeping portion sizes down pretty pretty small, uh, maybe down too too much because that's something I'm <laughs> I'm having to to work with. But um, <laughs> but the the portion sizes, uh, at least for the vegetables, aren't uh, too terribly large. Uh, so Alberto told us to uh, to ask one question. That's all he all he had for us, and that was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was uh pre-workouts how do you feel about them oh so i I tell all my i train young athletes uh to you know to be to come to the air force to be special operations and i tell them all if you're taking a pre-workout you're already broken because that's all they're going to do for you is they're going to break you eventually and all these guys live, and I'm, and I don't want to be a hypocrite. I did it. I was, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to where I was around when creatine came out. I was around when everybody started breaking, you know, massive protein shakes, mm-hmm. uh, and I was around when when pre workouts came out. And and being in the job I was in, having to stay in really good shape, pre workouts became an addiction. Mm-hmm. Whether it was whether it was Jack 3D or Inno Explode or or C4, we were we became. Uh, like connoisseurs of pre-workouts like people are of wine or beer you know yeah the guys would stand around and go so what are you taking this morning you taking the what do you want you know explode i can tell you've got that uh, that red rashy thing going on <laughs> you know but you yeah. you take them and they're going to destroy your gut you know because they've got all these artificial sweeteners in it that are going to destroy your gut they're going to blow your adrenal glands because guys are going to drink a cup of coffee like i did and then they're going to come to work and they're going to take a pre-workout because they got to have it for the workout. And they're going to blow their adrenal glands, mm-hmm. you know, right off of their livers. Yeah. So, um, so I tell all my guys, if you're taking a pre-workout, you're broken. You don't, you don't need it. You should not need it to work out. Yeah. Speaking of working out, that's a, a perfect segue. I actually f- saw a note that he left for us to uh, touch base about what your training regimen would be. Uh, man, that's a great question. I've always been the ADHD workout person. Um, I I do what I like when I want to do it. For I mean, for for example, today I did um, went out there and my wife told me the workout. This is the workout that she did this morning. So it was a four hundred meter sprint, and then you did uh, fifteen overhead squats, and then you did that five times as fast as you can go. So. And that was totally horrible because I just ate about two pounds of meat. <laughs> and Woo! yeah, I was like, my belly is so full, but I need to go work out. You, so, you're mimicking Sean Baker right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you eat in that four hour window, mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of time. Like nope. you, you got to squeeze it all in there. And I kind of, I ate quite a bit today, but uh, you know, we're experimenting with it, but I, you know, I like to do everything. I swim a lot. Um, I like to bike. I enjoy running. However, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's hit or miss with me. Sometimes I can run three miles. Sometimes it's six. It really depends on how, how the old joints are working that day. Um, but I like to lift too. We get out there, we have a gym right out back, uh, under our carport we call it our prison gym. And, uh, you know, we like to go out about, about four in the afternoon when it's about a hundred degrees mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, sling the weight around 
uh, you know, for about two hours, just get under the, you know, just learn some stuff. And we've been getting into learning, uh, you know, barbell complexes and how to do overhead squats and how to do a muscle up. We've yeah, been yeah. really toying with those things because it's just so fun. You would love the Keto Savage gym, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, we, we've talked about it. I'd love to go work out there. It'd be great. So let's uh, let's wrap things up with you, Steve. You've been very gracious with your time, and, and we, we don't want to take too much of that. Um, where can let's recap real quickly. Where can people connect with you, whether it be social media, your website, uh, resources that you have out there? Let's do the rundown of all of all that. So, you know, we have our podcast, the tactical kitchen show, and that's online as the tactical kitchen show. And we have, uh, the tactical kitchen.com, which is just, you know, our website for any health coaching or, or personal training, uh, that you're looking for out there. We, we love to connect with people and help them with that. Uh, on Instagram, I'm Stephen the gray. But um, I'm horrible at all social media, um, and I'm on Facebook as well. So just Steve Barron's on Facebook. You know, if you if you go to my profile, it's me. You can't miss it. Well, um, you you are in the group as well. Yes, I am in the in the uh, Keto Man's podcast as well. Uh, I don't post a whole lot because uh, you know, again, I'm not I'm not the person that was in there that uh, I lost a bunch of weight. I'm just I'm trying to cruise along uh, and just I'm almost fifty, but I'm trying to be. Uh, be just as good at 50 as mm -hmm. when I'm 80. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and we really appreciate you being here. We uh, will put all the links in the show notes so that people can easily click on a link and get to you. So uh, that will be great. And we really appreciate you sharing your story. You're taking the time to be with us tonight. Absolutely. Well, um, yeah. so you saying, um, you gave me a perfect segue Us podcasters. We know how to do things. Uh, <laughs> We're going to go, we're going to highlight a couple of our, our group members here real quickly. And mine that I'm going to highlight, he pretty much just found his why. Um, he, I, I'm not even going to name him. I'm just going to say he's in his early thirties and he related a story about he found out today that his dad pretty much had a heart attack last night and uh, passed out and got a pacemaker in this morning and all this stuff. And, and he's all, he's very distant uh, in location wise from his dad. So he can't be there. And he's kind of feeling down about it, but his realization came, his dad's about 70 and he says, I need to be around for my kids at 70 and I need to have be in the most healthy standpoint I can, just as healthy at 50 uh, or 30 in this case, as I am going to be at 70 or 80, because I want to be here a long time for them. And my response to him in, in the Facebook post was, I think you found your why. And I think uh, let I, I want I want to call this out because I want to remind folks your why is really important. And you need to lock it in. And sometimes the why can shift a little bit because maybe you get to a goal and you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm here. Set your eyes on another target. Find another why. Find another thing that lights the fuel under your ass so that you can keep going. You Use that to your benefit uh, and, and, and uh, let it drive you to be the best that you possibly can for all of your days while you're on this, uh, on this particular planet. So that's kind of my, that's my call out. Um, Jim, how about yours? Well, it was a gentleman who's been mentioned. It was mentioned in tonight's podcast, but um, he's been a guest on the show in the past. Mike Gorman, mm -hmm. um, great guy. If you have not listened to the Fat Guy Forum podcast, you are missing out. It's not specific to keto, but there is a lot of keto discussion in there. But just some of the stories and the guests that he have are incredible. 
But good old Mike Gorman, Gormy, um, at one point was in an 8XL shirt. Mm-hmm. And he posted a photo up uh, from the last couple of days. The dude is wearing a, a large. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the transformation that this guy has gone through mentally, physically, and everything is absolutely incredible. And to get to that point where you're like, you don't have to shop online and find something mm-hmm. so big because no store stocks it to you can walk in any store and grab a shirt off the rack and put it on and walk out the door kind of thing. Not that I'm advocating theft, but mm-hmm. um, it's just a remarkable thing. And the guy is a great supporter of our members and whatnot. So just a big, uh, large pun intended uh Congrats to uh, Gourmet on hitting that milestone. Agreed. Agreed. Well, I think uh, any other business that you want to uh, take Do on? Do you want to share about our new hotline? Oh, yes, yes. Let's talk about that. <laughs> I, 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 let me get the number up here real quickly. So we have a new way for our, our listeners and our members to uh, drop us a line. Um, and uh, we, we want to hear from you guys. We want to get your questions and, and uh, comments. Uh, and we want to be able to answer those. So this is kind of one of those things where we're we're setting up a voicemail line that you can leave us a message, and mm-hmm. then it might be used in the future for a podcast that we can answer the question for. And uh, the the one or two questions that we've gotten so far have uh, have been pretty pretty solid. Um, and I've got strategies, even though they're tough ones. I've got strategies on how to answer them. So <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do that pretty soon. But the phone number for, that you can call for that is area code five one two five one eight sixty one sixty one. That will be added to the show notes as well, so that you can use that to get in contact with us. Um, and you can also email us at keto man's club podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, you can connect with our Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. And uh, if you visit our website, theketomansclub.com, it's going to take you to a link tree that will connect you to all of us in all of the places. So in addition to the links that we have in the show notes, you're going to be able to use that to easily get in contact with any of us uh, outside of the Facebook group or inside. Mm-hmm. And speaking of new stuff, um, one for the link tree also. So we have created a a page for the Keto Man's Club podcast mm-hmm. on Facebook. So um, this all, as you all of our regular listeners know, this all started from a closed group on Facebook. You have to be admitted, so to speak, in order to be part of the group. Um, but as our podcast has grown and people are sharing the stories and and learning more about um, what we are putting out there for those following this way of eating. Um, we don't want to deny anybody the opportunity to learn a little bit more about the podcast. So if you go to facebook.com slash the keto man's club podcast, um, just like the title is of the show, um, you will be able to get to our directory and our, our listings of shows and whatnot and see what's going on and, um, follow along, share things a little bit more easy, uh, what have you, because we're not only on iTunes, but, um, a lot of different podcast forms. So you can check it out. Uh, through Facebook as well. So give that a like, uh, share those shows as well uh, if you're following Keto Way of Eating and uh, away we go. Yep, absolutely. So that pretty much wraps it up for us. We missed Alberto, but we'll uh, we'll see him again next week for the up for the next episode. That's it for this week. Until next time, make sure to eat meat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. 
Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T-H-E-K-E-T-O-M-A-N-S-C-L-U-B dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.